Joining me from overseas is James Kelly. He was on a podcast recently. James, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Excited to be doing this takeover. Something a little We're bit different. We're taking over, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so it seems Andy and Neil That's decided fine. they wanted to have a wee, a wee holiday and a break. I think they're just skiving, to be honest. And uh, we said we would uh, we'd take over, you know. So um, let's let's see how we get on. It could be Yeah, I think, success. It, I think last... A podcast we were all talking yeah and i believe it was off air when uh we jokingly said hey we'll just do a podcast correct and then andy was like yeah go right ahead that'd be fine and uh here we are so that's yeah cool. it's it's a lot of work i mean i don't think people realize the amount of work that goes into doing these podcasts especially the the kind of what to talk about and and you know putting planning and, and actually sitting down and then the editing of it as well is quite a lot of work so i can understand why they yeah. do them twice a month um, so hopefully this will uh, relieve some of the stress off the guys. So yeah, we can get our our input from a different different angle. Right, right. Um, all right, so we can we're going to talk today about uh, workflow. It's been something I have been um, working with and dealing with uh. for years now, for like twelve years, as far as like you know, just the, the basics of starting the wedding day what you have to prep for, how you leave your house or your studio, and what you do after the wedding day. Because yeah. I went back and forth on so many different procedures, if you will. Uh-huh. And uh, recently, say, and I say the past like maybe four or five years recently, it's such a smooth stream uh-huh. where I don't even think about it. I just uh-huh. do the A, B, and C, and it all works good. And if there's any kind of hurdle or glitch along the day, I go, okay, well, here's the backup thing, or here's the spare cards, here's the battery. Here's everything I need. I'm all good. And I don't even sweat about it or if my computer fails, whatever the case is. So we'll talk about that. But beforehand, I see some scotch in the background there, James. I see Craig and Moore. What do I see back there? There is. There is some rum, Ardmore, uh, Cardew, Lafroig, Bowmore. Um, we've got some Jim Bean. Yeah, I'll get that out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just that's that's just for mixing. So uh, we'll, we'll 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 talk scotch later. I'm a big scotch fan too. <laughs> But then, so for, those, for those listening, you can you can tune into the photo part and then maybe bypass the scotch part. Or just wait until we get to the scotch part. Here we go, definitely. <laughs> but uh, before we get started, how's it going? How's, how's it's going good? Doing good? It's, it's, we got a beautiful past few days here in New York. It's, it was well, the heat index said over hundred yesterday, but I don't think that's true. But it was definitely ninety. Okay. And today it's already past eighty, and it's just got that nice, warm summer feel in the air yeah and everyone's just out and about and i have a convertible my top's been down for two days and nice. soon after this podcast i'm getting out of the studio i'm just running around outside and doing something and it's nice it's nice that it's our not our first taste of summer here but yeah it's just kicking in nice we, we've been similar we've actually had some some beautiful days as well where there's just no clouds in the sky and we we don't we don't work in fahrenheit this is where things might get a little difficult especially being uh you know across the pond but we work in celsius so we're looking at around about 
15 to 20 degrees Celsius we've had here, which is hot for us for this time of year. So it's been it's been beautiful. Um, it's getting cloudy now, but we get some pretty dramatic clouds uh, this time of year. So uh, good good for the old landscape photography, which I'm, I'm quite happy about. But it's it's just been nice. It's nice to have some some sunshine. It gives everyone a boost, you know, and and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then then you know, good old British will start moaning after about ten minutes and complaining about it's too hot. So we're good at that. We're good at that. So well, yeah. over where you are um, on a hot day, <laughs> is it uh, your summer is the same as our summer? Um, but on a really hot day, is it like is it brutally humid or is it like just dry heat kind of thing? It's it's you know what it's. I don't know. It's in between. It, we, we, uh, just okay. to be awkward, we're in between. Um, it's not overly dry, um, but it's not where it's like where you're sweat, where you're sweating so much and it's really wet everywhere. You know, it's it's just um, it's hard to describe it. Quite often we have like really hot temperature, but we'll have like a cool breeze. Um, at most, at most, if you're lucky and the wind's blowing the right way, we might hit 30 degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but that's usually, that's that's where my head turns red and I start burning. Um, but, you know, we... I ask because, yeah. I only ask because sometimes uh, on a super humid day, and it's, it's kind of rare it happens here in the States, well, not in the States, at least where I am mm-hmm. in New York, um, where it's now a, a real big factor of going out and shooting because all their lenses are need to acclimate and you're inside in a, you know, 70 degree AC prep room and you got to bust outside, do a first look in, you know, two minutes, yeah. all your lenses are going to need time to acclimate. And that doesn't happen often. It happened with us last year, I recall yeah. on a really hot day, but yeah. if we're in an Island, like in, mm. we're in Dominican and Mexico last year, and we, we know that. And so we keep everything outside. Yeah. But yeah. it's rare it happens in here. So I just don't know if that's the case. No, not really. I, I just did the math and thanks to Google. So our top temperature, if it hits 30 Celsius, which is on a good day, we're 86 degrees Fahrenheit. 86, all right, yeah, we, we get higher than that. Yeah, yeah, so that's... that's um, Not often. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's unusual. It's usually a hot sun, but it's... No, we don't we don't tend to have that big a problem with the lenses, not that I've noticed. Uh, but to be really honest, if it's sunshine, everyone's outside anyway, so the chances of being indoors are slim. So um, they make the most of it when it's sunny here, So which doesn't happen often. So we've had a terrible winter, you know, very wet winter, very little snow, so it's been a bit, bit pathetic, unfortunately. So, yeah, so... but Did, um, Cool. Yep. Did you did you have a wedding last weekend? I thinking off the top of my head. Um, no, I didn't. No, 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 I didn't. I just didn't think what I did last weekend. Um, I had one the previous weekend. We had a wedding, and then there's a a week gap, and I got one this weekend, and then again next got one next Friday. So it's not too bad. But yeah, yeah, we had we had a wedding. It was a beautiful wedding, lovely couple. They booked me like four years ago, so um, it was just nice. Four years, yeah, yeah, four years. So here, if you want a good venue, you have to book your wedding about four years in advance. So um, oh my gosh, it's it's crazy. It really is. Um, some some venues are booked up three years in advance. Yeah, I listened back to the, your first podcast because mm. I I, um, I I was I'm relatively new to these guys listening mm. who are listening right now. Hello, guys, and. Uh, I started from kind of the beginning and kind of ping ponged and then I lost track where I was. Yeah. But um, the story you told about that one wedding that was like 20 hour day or something, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe. Yeah, we do how, that. How, at one point you just, uh, you just, your body doesn't even function. <laughs> that's, that's insane just for the guests and everybody mm. involved that 
it's that long of a day. Yeah, I mean, it, those those twenty hour days on the Faroe Islands, where we do the weddings up in the Faroe Islands, um, which for anyone who doesn't know is a, a small collection of islands between Iceland and Scotland that are, you know, they're kind of governed by Denmark, but we don't discuss that up there. It's about saying that the Scottish are ruled by the English. We don't we don't go there. Um, so yeah, their weddings are normally about nineteen to twenty hours. Sometimes we're there for it depends how the day goes. Um, we've got one coming up which is on this fantastic island, and if you type in Fair Islands, it'll come up with this picture of this waterfall. It's an iconic waterfall. And um, we just found out that the couple want to go to this waterfall and get their pictures done at sunset. So oh, nice. if the weather allows it and the conditions are right, this 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 photograph is going to be phenomenal, but I'm not getting my hopes up. So um, the weather's just too unpredictable. But yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. But a standard wedding for us here in Scotland, I'm usually here for about 12, maybe 14 hours maximum. So that's, yeah. that's even more than what we do in our area here and, yeah. and most of even uh, the, the, the east coast of, yeah. of the states, I would say. It's, west coast, or not west coast, somewhere in the Midwest, I understand they can do like two or even three weddings a day because they really don't do much reception no. or prep. They just do ceremony, formals, and then they're out. Yeah. Um, oh, no. We're, we're there from... Here, we're, we're there. To, we're on... Our standard day is like an eight-hour day. Yeah. And then we certainly can go 10. I think the most we've done is like 12 or 13 maybe. Yeah. But at that point, we're staying over in a hotel. The couple's paying for it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're certainly yeah. accommodating the uh, mm. everything involved there. No, we're normally there from the morning prep right into the evening. So I gauge around the evening buffet because that's when I get to top up my coffee and usually they have things like steak pies and mince pies and things like that or macaroni and cheese or we have what's called stovies. I don't know if you've ever heard of what stovies are. Um, basically, no. no, basically stovies are um, mashed potato and the leftover roast beef gravy and onions mixed together and you have it with beetroot and oat cakes and it's it's really nice if it's done that right, sounds pretty good really actually really nice. I would so, take that and do a wrap and just eat it oh, no, just, but. no no don't mess with the stovies you just have it straight okay. with oat cakes and maybe beetroot alright that's it you don't you don't mess with the stovies okay. <laughs> some of you will try to um, so I usually tend to stay at the evening buffet but if I'm having fun I'll stay I'll stay and photograph you know the, the whole day my idea my my philosophy is a wedding is more than just uh, an eight-hour day. It's it's especially here. It's twelve hours. Goes on to one o'clock in the morning, and if I've got the energy to stay, I will stay. And it's when you get the relatives who are absolutely hammered and drunk, and they're having fun. You know, that's that's the uh, the best part. But I mean, yeah, it's good. It's a good laugh. I enjoy it. But you know, when I maybe turn yeah. 40, 45, it might be a different story. So uh, <laughs> I might be slacking a bit then. So. But no, but no, but kind of bad to it. Yeah, weddings. Um, got one this weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, and then we're off to Glasgow, which is about 120 miles away from where I am um, to go and photograph a small intimate wedding, which is lovely. And then I have a wee break. We break until next month. So it's good. Good to catch up. So. All right. Good. Yeah. I had um, last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, a woman that's known me for years, her daughter got married and uh the date was open. She contacted me a few months back and I knew it was going to be small. But sometimes when people say it's small, uh, they add some people last minute and they call me up and they're like, Oh, we're adding another 20 people. Is that all right? I'm like, that's fine. It mm. doesn't matter. I'm there for the day. It ended up being nine people at this wedding wow. with me. Yes. And it was, it had everything. It, I've never done a wedding this small with all the hits. There was, there was prep. Mm-hmm. There was, um, a church, there was a location. We went to this one location, which was really cool, not too far from where I live. It's like just 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had the, we had the whole grounds. We had a little private room in the back where there was a lunch. 
That was amazing food. I'm sitting at the main table with everybody. Again, only 10 people mm-hmm. with me. And I had everything they had. The food was fantastic. I felt, I felt kind of not guilty, but just kind of like, this is so odd. I guys got to pull them out and do whatever I can along the way. So I finally, I just finished the edit. I haven't blogged it yet, but uh, I got really nice stuff with this couple. Um, oh no, we did go to this other location, went to this place called, we call the trestle, where there's this big trestle that over, that spans between these, these two mountains. Uh-huh. There's a valley in between and it's, it's known in our area and it's, it was a really nice day and we went there first and just, w- again, with nine people, Yeah, it was such a relaxing, easy day. And my fiance had a, a, a small wedding too, but not nearly as small. Yeah. And her, her wedding was a little crazy, but, uh, <laughs> so we came, you know, when, when we come back, we meet and we just talk about like, well, my day was this, my day was that. And I'm sending her photos of the cool food I have. I'm like, oh, look, shrimp cocktail just came in and this kind of salmon thing came in. And she's like, you stink because I'm eating like nothing today. <laughs> oh, bless. Now that's similar to our wedding next week, actually. It's, it's I think, 16 people maximum. And it's in a, a big hotel in Glasgow. And that's where they're having a small wedding, 16 people. And then we're going to go away and do the pictures around uh, the, the town centre, the city centre of Glasgow. And then they're all going back to the casino. Nice. So they're all going to the casino and they're going to gamble and, you know, eat food and they've got a big buffet spread going on. So that's very different. I'm quite excited about it. It's very, very different. So uh, are, you, are you going to stay over and go to the casino? Um, no, no, no. We, we will we'll stay until probably um, after they've had the meal. We'll have some food. We'll come back to see if they want to do any more portraits and then leave after that. It's so small. And then drive back up the road, which is about a four hour drive. So... Well, uh, oh yeah, I'm used to it though. I'm used to it. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's uh, I do some crazy mileage. So yeah, but no, no, excited for it. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. So yeah, but yeah, yeah but no, we've we've got uh, we've got this wedding exhibition um, happening on um, Sunday in this beautiful venue called Glen Tanner. It's it's stunning, middle of nowhere. Um, so they sprung it on me relatively last minute. So we're trying to get everything organized and backdrop systems done, but. Uh, Turning out to be a few late so nights. Your um, expedition is mm. like a bridal show. We call yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah, bridal show. Yeah, we yeah. call them wedding expedition. Um, exp- exp- oh, expeditions. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. there's many other vendors naturally. Yes. Right? So I think there's roughly about 30, 40 vendors in total, um, and they only tend to have like maybe four photographers. So I was just going to ask that. Okay. Yeah, four photographers, and the four photographers are, are all different styles, different price points. So there's no real competition there as such. Um, okay. so yeah so it's, it's going to be really nice it's not something I do it's actually it's actually my first one to be honest I've been doing this seven years okay. it's my first one um, but they asked me last minute and I thought you know what let's give it a go it's a great venue I love photographing there um, the downside to it is we have what's called the midgey I don't know if you've ever heard of the midgey in Scotland but it's a tiny no. little fly it's a bit like a mosquito but okay. millions of them like tiny flies and they eat you alive they're horrible things this venue is quite renowned for these midgeys so not looking forward to that, but um, yeah. If you ever type in Google and type in the Scottish midgey, you'll uh, you'll discover what that horribleness is. So um, okay, yeah, but no, no, it's gonna be really good, and, and it'd be good to see um, couples and speak to them. I think personally, it's a hit or miss. Um, some people are really unsure about doing these wedding shows. Um, a lot of photographers, especially photographers, tend not to get work from them because as soon as you book the venue, you book the photographer. That's kind of how it works over here. Book your venue. Yeah. First thing you do, book your venue, book your photographer, book your band. Um, but I think it's really good. And I think what happens for me is maybe that couple have already booked a photographer, but they'll be there with their friends, you know, and their friends could be getting married or their friends could get engaged. And I think from the marketing point of view, 
of going to these people as well and standing out when it comes to them getting engaged they'll contact you so i open i i think it's just a great marketing point of view but don't expect to go there um to get bookings you know so yeah um, where we are i've done a handful over the years maybe 10 or 12 at the most um different venues ones that are were really big were advertised that the couples coming in they don't pay anything there's mm-hmm. food and stuff sometimes they're coming for some free food mm-hmm. okay and they're just coming for the hell of it i get it um <laughs> Other ones when there was a fee for the couples and it was really small and overall, at least in where I am in New York, it seemed like the couples coming there are just, they just want to get some random info. Uh-huh. They want to know if you're in the same price point. They thumb through some albums and then they move on because yeah. there's so much going on there. The smaller ones was a little like that. I did get some bookings from them, but it, but it wasn't that much and looking back i'm like well this bride emailed me anyway and she just happened to see me at the place and yeah i just we kind of stopped doing them just because of the the amount of time it takes we don't have a great looking booth or setup we you know i got this big thing that pops up which uh-huh. is that says a company name and it's one bride's face and then a bunch of albums and some lights but it's not like i don't have a big backdrop or a wall or furniture and rug and all yeah. these little mini sets and a hanging chandelier i don't have all that kind of stuff <laughs> no. to make the couple stay but then again, I don't know how well that works out because because the couples are like, there's so much going on. You're like, oh, let's go over there. Uh, let's go over there. And uh, let's go over here. Yeah. And I, I feel that it's just right now I'm just taking a break from it. But it is a good time to, like you said, to talk to yeah. the bride and then their friends who probably will eventually get married. Or if they're not already, they might know someone else. And my approach always was I was just I'm hanging out. I'm like, hi, my name's Jimmy. Here you go. Here's some books. Let me know if you have any questions. And I let them just kind of do their thing. I don't hound them. I don't hand them flyers. I don't hand them anything if they want info. Yeah. That's it. And in fact, what it might be last minute for you. What I, what I did do in the beginning, which might be good, James, if you can organize this between now and tomorrow, is call up a couple of your favorite last – or a couple, couple of your favorite brides yep. and see if they can join you to be the spokesperson for you. Just to come and on. Then, yeah. then I did that in the past and that worked out great. Or I'm seriously sitting in the back like arms folded pretty much. Yeah. not doing much and the brides are like oh yeah oh here's my wedding album and they yeah. bring their own wedding album and they talk about it i'm like oh jimmy's great he did this this day this i'm like this is fantastic i don't even have to speak and i got a real live rep with their album so it's not just a, i'm made up you know i'm not just hiring a model to look pretty and to talk about me it's it's a real bride that's a so, great idea that's yeah. really really good actually i know i know a couple of my brides who are actually going with their friends so um i might pop i'll pop my email after this and actually see if they yeah. fancy coming if they, can, if they have a wedding album that's going to be even yeah, better they will do it they, the they can just say a couple hours yeah well that's it i mean the, the biggest stress for us is we um we, we ordered this big backdrop system that was meant to be coming in tables and chairs and stuff and all that and i got a call from my designer the other day there to say it's now not going to be coming for another 10 days and it's this sunday mm. So we're frantically down at kind of like our, our version of Home Depot, picking up uh, wood and putting together backdrop systems and walls, fake wooden walls. And yeah. we've got to drive down to Glasgow tomorrow morning to go and pick up prints because the delivery is going to take too long to come up. And it's just like, it's a lot of stress for what could be, you know, really not worth it. But I'm looking forward to it, you know. So and, yeah. it's, good, and it's good to go and see other suppliers as well and, and connect with the venue. So um, that's kind of how how I'm looking at it and it'll be fun it'll be fun it gets me out of the it house. is fun and I do like seeing other vendors like seeing the DJs and some mm. florists and stuff and be like oh hey how's it going yeah. um, and we might try it again uh, it's just it's just a matter of the timing and the effort involved like I said of course uh, we haven't done one in a couple of years cool cool and the cost isn't that much either. it's not it's not 
like thousands of dollars to be there. It's, it's a few hundred bucks mm. for a booth. And it's very fair. So yeah. it's not even that exactly. factor, really. Exactly. No, brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. So shall we crack on with what we're going to talk about? Today? Yeah. How about we do this? How about we talk about, we'll take it in stages. Yep. I'll mention, I'll mention what I do and maybe what I did in the past, which was wrong, if I remember. Yep. And then you can mention what you do. And then maybe along the way, I'll get a tip from you. You'll get a tip from me. And whoever's listening can get all the tips. Perfect. Because uh, it, it, people just think, you know, like, oh, you got a wedding tomorrow? Cool. Yeah. And then they just, I just should get a bag of cameras and run. I'm like, no, you understand <laughs> that the, well, I got to make sure I have my clothes ironed. I got a lunch to prep. Mm-hmm. I got batteries to make sure they're all charged. There's so much going on the yeah. day of it. It's, it's about an hour, I, I say, at least from getting up to to the point of when I'm like ready, ready mm-hmm. at, at the least. Yeah. So uh, do you do anything the night before? What do you, what's your plan? Like the night before a wedding, when a wedding is starting like average time, like noon or 1 PM, not like early in the morning. Um, the day before, so the day before I, um, I print off my itinerary for the day. So that's the first thing I do is I print off, um, usually the day before, just like what's going to happen on the day. And I've got two copies there, one for me, one for my second photographer. Um, okay. Batteries are usually charged two days before. I'm really paranoid about batteries and I've had batteries failing in the past because they haven't been charged properly. So I actually, two days before, charge all my batteries, get them all ready, um, and then I double-check them again on the Friday to make sure they're fully charged. So, um, you know, the, the wedding that we had actually the other weekend ago, two weekends ago, um, my battery charger for my Nikon vanished. Can't find my chargers. They, they were in a bag, and I can't find them anywhere. Gone. Um, lucky enough, I actually had to go and buy a new camera last weekend. So... That came with a battery charger, um, so I was able to to get them charged. But I've got a battery charger that just vanished. Now, if I'd done that the day before the wedding, I would be freaking out. So two days before, realized this was missing, which allowed me to get you know a backup plan just in case. Um, but yeah, the, you know, I just like to have everything fully charged, everything laid out. I've got a big table to my to next to my desk where I lay out all my equipment, make sure they're all properly cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, memory cards are all formatted and ready to go, uh, and then my bag just sits to the side, waiting to be to be loaded. And I don't load it until the morning of the wedding. Then I load my bag up, and I count it's all there. I've got a little check sheet where I tick everything off that I need for for the wedding. So that's kind of like in terms of equipment, just just getting all that up and ready. And so your your batteries are on charge, uh, and then they stay in overnight. And then the morning of, you're taking them out, or the I, night I, before. I, like for instance, the wedding's on the Saturday. I'll charge them on all day Thursday. Take them out, lay them out on the Friday. Cause I've got I'm, I'm a bit paranoid about leaving batteries in the charger when they're fully charged. Okay. Take them out, and then on the Friday um, afternoon, I'll bung them all back in their charger just to make sure that they're all fully charged. And then that way I've done it twice. So try and do everything twice. Um, mm-hmm. And then once that's all fully charged, I just lay them and I've got battery boxes that they all just sit in ready, ready to go into my bag. So, yeah. So you, okay. So you're carrying batteries uh, mm-hmm. like double A's and stuff for Yeah. As yeah. Well? So uh, camera batteries for my, for my Nikon D810 and then double um, A batteries, rechargeable double A batteries i think i have about i have about 10 sets of double a batteries with me um yeah that's i have at least that too yeah 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 they seem to go missing all the time um, yeah and they die too they just stop working yeah yeah I'm, I'm convinced my flash swallows them and they just disappear um because i'll come home from my wedding and i'll have like six 
It's like, where's the four gone? Where are they gone? <laughs> so, um, are, you using, are you using Nikon flashes? Yeah, yeah, I got the SB900s, the Nikon SB900 okay. flash guns. I, so. I had those and then I switched to uh, Photix. Okay. Which have been up and down yeah. over this past uh, little bit of time here, but uh, but they're good and their they're, they're repairs is very close to me. I can drive there and get it fixed, but uh, they don't require the, the pocket wizard or the radio okay. radio popper yeah. slave. So I can, I, and with, we have six of them. Uh-huh. And uh, so I can take three and my fiance can take three. Typically, I might go three off, and she might go one on, two off, which is yeah. a really good combination. Yeah, and or I go two off. I like the off camera look; it's kind of nice. And I just got their new commander, which is nice because it sends out an infrared beam mm-hmm. that shoots at people. Okay, and uh, I, I I really did I really like the idea of the Fotix with the built in radio slave. Right, I know we're yeah. kind of jumping around here in That's timing, okay. but uh, <laughs> I'll forget otherwise. So um, <laughs> yeah. again, it's first time doing this, people. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you're happy with the. Do you do, do you do a lot of off camera? Not a great deal of off camera. Um, okay. A lot of it's bounce flash, so reverse bounce flash. I tend to use. I like that softer look of the light that comes from that. And um, most of the venues we tend to photograph in are really well lit anyway. So I just like to use a little bit of bounce flash, a little bit of fill flash. The only time we use off camera flash is when we're outside at night. So this last couple of months I've been really pushing my boundaries of night photography so we'll take the couples into the pitch blackness and have the venue behind them and we'll set up a couple of flash guns behind us and um light them that way so I've been playing around with that but I'm 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 tempted to upgrade my lights now to proper I've got studio flashes and um, the way a ton uh, Bowen's flash um, and yeah. studio flashes but I've been really looking at the pro photos so the new B B series that's come out yeah, yeah nice. I don't know if I can justify the two thousand pound at the moment for two flashes. Yeah, they're, they're pricey. Yeah, they're, they're pricey. They're, they're a certain look. They're, they're really nice, but they're, yeah. they're a look where you're outside. You need a lot of light. You need it recycling fast, mm-hmm. and uh, that's just I, I don't see a need for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially the price at this point where we are. Yeah, well, that's, you know, I have these. I have these little heads. These brackets. I can take three flashes in one on one bracket. Okay, and just make that fire out into an umbrella if need be. So I got. A good recycle amount of time. I got a lot of power if I need that, and I've done that like two or three times at best. I I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm happy with the Fotix flashes and good. the simplicity of just putting in AA batteries yeah. and moving on. So made it easier without dealing with triple A's yeah. and then the little door on the radio popper slave <laughs> and the Velcro and the bracket that always broke. Oh, it was driving me crazy. I okay. couldn't. I'm like people. I I frustrated. And then Nikon came out with their flash mm-hmm. that has it built in. But it's really pricey. Yeah. It only works with the, my D5. It doesn't work with the D3S. So I might forget it. I'm just okay. going to stick with this Fotex. Yeah. I like him a lot. Good, good, good. But how right, is, so let's, yeah. let's back up. So uh, wedding day. So are you are you uh, wearing what you're wearing through like the ceremony and reception? Or are you bringing a change of clothes? Uh, no, same clothes. Usually, say, it depends on the day. If it's looking to be hot, then I will take. I always have. I always have spare clothes. Always have spare clothes in the back of my car. And um, mm-hmm. my first ever wedding, I I sweated through two shirts and split my trousers right down the crotch. <laughs> so uh, ever since then, I always have a backup clothes just in case. But usually, a uh, nice nice pair of jeans, shoes, uh, a waistcoat, and a, a jacket, a shirt and a jacket. Okay. And then coming to the evening, waist, the jacket comes off. It's a lot more relaxed. Um, by that point, everyone knows who we are, and we can, we kind of become almost like one of the guests. So, um, but no, no, I just I I always have a backup, but usually just one pair of clothes. Uh, I haven't got time okay. for for messing around with that. So, 
Yeah, I got to bring a spare clothes in my car, just throw it in the back. I used to, but I forgot, but I should know. Yeah. Just in case. Um, yeah, I, in a hot day, I might have uh, just like a black T-shirt on, mm. and I'm not going to change my pants. My pants will stay the same. Yeah. And I might just be in flip-flops for like the prep and stuff. But as soon as I get to church, yeah, I'm putting on a yeah. shirt. And then I've, I've even sometimes, if we're going to do church and then go to a second location for formals, mm-hmm. I'll just... I'll have the T-shirt on that's underneath the other shirt yeah. and have that shirt on because comfort matters. And if you're on the ground yeah. and you're trying to get this angle and you can't physically because your arm can't mm-hmm. stretch past the, the point of where the shirt is too tight or where the case is yeah. or you get it dirty, it's like I don't want to be a mess. And I'm thinking like you know people do this all the time. DJs roll in wearing whatever they're doing. They're setting up. Yeah. Makeup artists are kind of the same. I never got a complaint. I think yeah. it's okay. I'm not wearing a sloppy T-shirt like I am right now, but – it's just to something black and something simple. Correct. Yeah. No. And then uh, that works for me too. So, uh, one time I did, I, it was a close place and I forgot my shoes and I didn't have any shoes in the car. I'm wearing flip flops. And the whole day I'm like, I gotta go back. I go back and put shoes on. And everyone's like, it's fine. It, no one cares. Yeah. I'm like, all right. But I felt bad that I was wearing flip flops all day. But it was one of those kind of laid back weddings. And yeah, it, it, it was okay. No, that's good. I always take, um, I always take my hiking boots with me. Um, I, I seem to get my, I seem to destroy my shoes, my dress shoes always. I go through maybe a pair of shoes every every six months, um, wow. getting them filthy, just getting them absolutely dirty, covered in mud. So I started taking like my hiking boots with me and like the couple will get ready to do their portraits and I'll nip to the car, put my hiking boots, come on and go down because then that way I can stand in mud, I can stand in water. I've seen me. I've seen me jump into a river before uh, to get photographs. You know, just just roll the jeans up and keep the boots on and jump in. Or so um, yeah, always always keep like something I can get dirty in terms of shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as far as like you're you're packing a lunch or something to eat along the way, you know, I'm terrible. I don't. I always have breakfast bars with me. I always have like um like um like a whole grain bar or a breakfast bar, and I have water with me. But it's actually yeah. my, 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 my second shooter, Louise, she always comes with a sandwich. So she'll always bring a sandwich for me. But yeah. I, I very rarely get a chance to um, to eat it. Um, just so busy. You know, I mean, I'll have breakfast at eight in the morning and I won't get anything to eat until about six o'clock at night. Oh, that's know, I so it's like half five, I, six. I can't do that. Yes, I, I, I'll always bring a wrap and Natalie, my fiance, would be like, um, I'll ask her if she wants one. She'll say no, but then I make her one because I know she's going to eat half of mine. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I oh, and sometimes I've thrown them away because yeah. there's just been food along the way. I just don't eat it. I'm like, all right, well, it's not been cold this whole time. I just throw it away. But Correct. Yeah. there's, you know, I can't assume there's going to be any food at a prep house, nor will mm-hmm. they just offer me something to eat. Yeah. It typically happens though with this food. They're like, oh, would you please help yourself, you know? And if there's a church involved, you're not going to see anything there. If you get to the cocktail hour and you still got work to do, you're not going to see any food. And then you dive right into reception. (laughs) You're not seeing a dinner. Uh, Luckily we'll get a meal before the guests and that's rare. So we're getting a meal after the guests are, which is now like nine o'clock maybe. Yeah. So there's no way breakfast bars are going to make it last. I highly suggest anyone bring a sandwich, you know, bring something that that's substantial. Just put some meat in a bread and go or in a wrap my big, my biggest thing now lately is the, just a turkey BLT yeah. that wraps that in a, in, a, in a wrap. I just roll it right up and I go, and I don't have to worry about no. anything falling out of it, and That's... I don't put sauce in it because the last thing I want to do is have sauce fill oh, in my pants as I'm, if I'm driving and eating. So you know, I got to think of these things along yeah. the way, and if that we, works out fine. If we've got, if we've got, got a drive, weekend, yeah. 
if we've got a drive yeah, between the, yes, go ahead. Uh, if we've got a drive between the venue, like where they're getting ready in the church and the church and the venue. Yeah, sometimes I will have something there for me just to num- uh, to munch on. Um, but you know, I'm usually pretty good. Um, we do these things in Scotland, Scotland called um, haggis bonbons. I don't know if you have ever had haggis before, but these little I've round, had haggis, yeah. you've had haggis. It's these little round balls of haggis that are breadcrumbed in and deep fried, and they are amazing you judge a venue on how good their, their haggis bonbons are <laughs> uh, i'm big into my food i love my food so usually if they're going around I'll steal them you know steal a couple of them yeah uh, but normally louise will bring me a sandwich or uh, a bottle of iron brew which is just full of sugar um so it just kind of keeps you going keeps you going and i always yeah. make sure the venue brings their food out when we're meant to because if not they forget about us which is terrible so yeah I'm quite around for that but um yeah so you know, kind of, kind of rewinding actually. Then something I was thinking about when we were talking about workflows and stuff. What's, what's your workflow with your clients prior to the wedding? Do you have do you okay, have detailed forms yeah, and stuff? Prior to, I now I have this little checklist that I printed out. It's mm-hmm. like a blank form. It's just um, name, uh, wedding venue, uh, package they're doing, so mm-hmm. I know if it's an album involved or not, and then uh, locations like uh, bridal prep, groom prep. Uh, first look, yes or no, where, ceremony, reception, all that kind of stuff. When it doesn't apply, they just, you know, cross it off, whatever. And then it's like basic info, like uh, best man, maid of honor, their cell phone numbers, if there's a yeah. wedding planner involved, is there a DJ who, videographer who, whatever yeah. the case is. It's real simple. In the bottom, it's just notes. So it's one page only that's now in their contract. It's mm-hmm. the last page of the contract. So if I forget to give it to them, they have it. But I just email it to them. They fill it out. Uh, I talked to, I have a wedding tomorrow and Saturday. I talked to the bride yesterday for tomorrow. We're all set. I filled it out as she was talking to me. It's pretty straightforward and, uh, and all good. And then she's going to text me the, her room number at the hotel when she's there and I'll show up there. Boom. We go to the place. We're done for, for Saturday's wedding. I'm talking to her later on today and I'll get more details on that. And that's really it. I just, I don't want to. You know, if, if I don't know anything more than where are you getting ready, mm-hmm. that's all I need to know. I'll find out everything else after that. So yeah. I don't really, I don't need to know. Uh, sometimes if I'm going through a checklist and I'm asking them, okay, uh, best man, and they go, well, we have two best men because back in high school, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I just need a name or two. Like, let's, we got to keep this moving. Yeah. So I, I try to make it all business when it comes to like the, the pre prep yeah. kind of situation. Brilliant. No, I am. Um... I think mine's a little bit more complex than that. <laughs> that <Okay>. sounds easy. It <laughs> sounds really easy. I um, I use a client management software. Um, I'm, I'm probably not going to say uh, who it is for uh, advertisement. I don't know how the guys rule on that sort of stuff. But I use a I use a um, client management software designed by photographers for photographers. Is kind of their, their I know what it for, is. You know it rhymes is. with Q. Yeah. So. Um, I use these guys for the, the client management software. So I send a couple of questionnaire normally about a month before the wedding. And it is similar. Where are you going to be in the morning? What time are you going to be there? What time is the ceremony? Who's going to be, you know, what's your bridal party's name? Who do you want your, who's who's important to get your pictures with? Because I know we need the grandmothers, the mums, the dads, this sort of stuff. But I like them to detail who they want their immediate pictures taken with. Um, if there's any awkward situations within the family. That's a great one to ask, you know. Yeah, it's a good is, question. Is is yeah. there is there anyone separated? Because if I need to know, because if not, I'm the one that puts my foot in it, and I'm really good at that. 
Um, so all the sort of detailed information, what time you're going to sit down for food. And I then back that up with all the venue to make sure that timings are all the same. So nothing's changed. So I send that about a month, a month before the wedding. And then, um, we also get another question there, which there's no rush to send us in, but it's the suppliers that they're working with. I want the details of all the suppliers that they're working with. And then that allows me to be able to send them some pictures as well, some sample yeah. pictures from the wedding. So it's all just leads to the flow after the wedding. That that works out great. So, but yeah, no, I I've, I looked at a few of these different client management softwares, and I really love this one, and it has made my life so much easier. I I believe in outsourcing as much as I can. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty good. But I think I think it's good. Yeah, it's a good system to use. I I tried one or two. I looked at a few other ones. Um, I just like the simplicity of, of what I'm yeah. doing now. Again, I don't necessarily need to know much more than where we're going. And there's been times when I'm uh, the morning of, I'm like texting a bride. I'm like, please tell me an address. I, I didn't get back. You didn't get back to me on the yeah. checklist and all this. And then she says, okay, cool. Here's the prep here. And I'm like, fine, I'll yeah. figure it out from there. They That's got fine. me for the day. It yeah. doesn't matter where it is. And if it changes, so be it. But going back to the, uh, the family group thing yeah. on that form that I have, it's in the contract, but it's also on the check form. Uh-huh. It's in bold. And it says that we are not responsible for any missing family members yeah. that are not part of a group shot because I tell, if they make up a list of who they want in the group shot, I don't even want to touch it. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't know these people. And I tell them all the time, I like, look, please give it to someone who knows the people involved, who ideally is not in the photos. Yeah. That way they can start yelling and, and, and rallying out the people and stand next to between us yeah. and get it going because I'm looking at heads and sunlight and background and dark jackets and light dresses and yeah. I'm trying to mix it all up and I have no idea who was just photographed unless I look back at the camera yeah. for real. Cause I'm uh, so fast. See, I, so um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how you work, but I don't like seeing that. And since I've done yeah. that, that pressure of them saying um, afterwards, Oh, you know, I didn't, you didn't get a photo of me and so-and-so I'm like, well, I don't know if that person is important to you. You'd be surprised. I've had a, I had a bride hate her sister. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and she was very bubbly. The bride was like really kind of quiet and an awful lot and not in very, extroverted or introverted way to say that where she's not part of this party and it's her party and her sister was very outgoing very happy and so i you know she just happened to be in a lot of the photos and i didn't know she didn't really get along with the sister so since then i'm like you know i can't push uh, a photo with the bride and her dad maybe her dad and maybe they got divorced years ago or she doesn't like her dad now i don't say anything i don't want to stir that pot up on a wedding day yeah. Unless they say something. No, that, that's good. And that's why I have that on the on my list so that I know. Now, we, we do quite a standard um, group shot of everybody. At every wedding we do, we you know, they, there's always a group shot of everyone at the party. So I'm pretty everyone, good. Everyone, everyone? Yeah, everyone. So we could be anything from 80 to 150 people. Um, it, it takes Sometimes it takes about 10, 15 minutes to organize, but I'm, I've got it down to yeah, a sure. T now. I've got it down to a T. I've got quite a loud voice. I jump up high, introduce myself. We usher everyone out like cattle, um, get them all lined up, and then we do the big group shot of everybody. And quite often, okay, let me ask you, yeah, are, is this something that people do in Scotland a lot, or is this something that you do? No, it's in Scotland. Yeah, in, in most most weddings, most photographers I think here do do a group shot, so it's very very common up this way. Uh, I'm not sure about England and stuff, but I, I think it is. But yeah, we tend to do a group shot of everybody, and it's it's really good. If it works well. It's really good. Uh, and it's a good chance as well for everyone to get to get to know me and know that I'm the photographer and I'm here and, and round everyone up. 
Because yeah. when we do the group shot, we may do one with all the boys, one with all the girls, and then we'll do one with all the kilts. So everyone who's wearing a Scottish kilt will get a photograph of everyone wearing kilts. And then at that point, <coughs> excuse me, um, at that point, I will read out the list of people that we need for the, the family shots, and I'll get them to stay and then tell everyone else that they're not that important and that they can hit the bar. So um, we then we then take that family away to another location, away from the guests, and we make sure that everybody's there. And if everyone is there, and we ask the bride, is there anyone else you want here? Because if not, this is the only chance we're going to get to do it. And then we go and do the family shots, and we get the family shots done, to all the different variations, and then send them off as we're finished with them. And at the end of it, you're left with the bridal party, photograph the bridal party, and then you're left with the bride and groom. And that's when we the queue to go into doing the pictures. So I found that is the best way to do it. Just round everyone up, shout out who yeah. we need, tell them to stay, and then get them done. And it gets into a really good flow. You know, um, we, we can do it within half an hour. We can do all the family shots, the group shots, half an hour, 45 minutes at most to do it all. So quite happy. I'm the same way as far as like the the... I'll start with, with both sides of the family, whoever's yeah. there. It could be 20 people. It could be 50. Mm. It's usually not more than 50. Yeah. Or it's around like 30, I'd say. And then uh, then once the big shot is done, I'll ask the bride and groom, okay, you guys look around. You line up. Put, you guys put there who you want photographed. I'll yeah. organize you all. Yeah. And then I'll take over from that point. Yeah. But just rally up who you don't want. If you don't, if they're done, then they can head back to cocktail or and yeah. then, then they're out of the way. And it works well. And if I see people with their phones around and everything, I'll be the first one to say, Everyone, please, you're more than welcome to have everything I photographed. So oh. it's there's the free drinks are that way. Yeah. And then they kind of get it. And then they go, <laughs> okay, fine. And they, you know, move on. Ca- camera um, phones is a whole different subject. I think that's a whole different uh, podcast. Don't get me started. But my new it. thing, you know, since I don't know if I mentioned this before on the podcast, but my new thing with group shots, um, the D5 is a tank yeah. and it's so, it shoots so fast. I'll line up everything and I won't have anyone move at all. And uh, my camera's down, and then I'll pick up my camera last minute and go like six or eight or even like fourteen frames a second, and just do a, a, a burp, yeah. like a quick uh, a shot like that, and then that's it, and I'm yeah. done. And within those two seconds of twenty frames shot, yeah, uh, there's bound to be one yes. <laughs> with no one blinking, and then they're then they're gone. <laughs> and I don't, and I stop doing the multiple focal lengths of a of a family because yeah. they don't care. Yeah, it, it, it's Correct. not bridal party's different. You want to have fun with them. Yeah, but for family. You just want that one photo, and it makes the editing so much easier. And I've been doing that for a couple of years now. But the new thing with that that camera, that's just a, and everyone likes hearing the click go so fast. Like, wow, it's amazing! Yeah. Like, yeah, right. And that's it. I'm like, that's it. Done. And they're, they and now I'm the rock star because I made it happen in literally in two seconds. Mm-hmm. It's just the setting up took maybe five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. It's important that you know, even though we're photographers, we're there to get the shots. The guests are there to enjoy themselves. We can't, we can't be holding up the time. And that's the biggest criticism I hear from a lot of couples is, oh, yeah, we went to this, this wedding and the photographer took ages. Oh, you know? I hear that and all the time, too. And he was, like, faffing about and he was, you know, taking ages to do this or changing his lens, changing his camera. And it's just like, you know what? You need to get in there, get it done and, and get away, you know, and, and make sure you get it right first time or second time. But, um yeah that's my biggest gripe that i hear from couples and i don't want that you know and that's why when when couples are get married and they say their i do's and they come out i want them to have time with their guests if timings allow it i want them to go and spend 20 minutes half an hour you know letting their guests congratulate them get something to eat get something to drink you know and then we go away and do all the family shots and then get try and get them back in time so 
Yeah, yeah. But then our, our ceremony, I think our ceremonies uh, where they get married is normally around about one o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know if they're any different for you guys across there or... There can be anywhere from morning. Because around here, if it's a night wedding, it's typically ending around 10 or 11. Okay. Um, if it's a sound ordinance where yeah. it's outside and they have to be done by nine, then that's a different situation. So it's either a day wedding or a night wedding. If it's a day wedding, um, it ends at... Five. That's typically the, the time frame. And there's one venue we go to a lot. That's like this big, huge mansion, very old. And, um, and they have a day wedding that ends at five. That's it. You're done at five o'clock. So those days start like, wow. usually like 10, not even nine o'clock. Sometimes the brides are like, look, I want to sleep in. I don't need to get up at, you know, six o'clock and do makeup. You can roll in at 10 o'clock. That's fine. And then the ceremony, I think starts at noon uh-huh. over there. Uh, so it's either A or B and on a Friday wedding, they're, they're not going to be during the day naturally. So they'll be at night and they might go to midnight just to make sure that, you know, the guests are, they don't have to take off work maybe and come yeah. for the ceremony that might start at six or whatever the case is. Uh, but, but they're all different times. It's, it's never a, a set thing where every wedding has to take place yeah. at one or four o'clock. But for the most part, ceremonies are later in the day for us. Fantastic. Now we, we get like the guests arrive at 12 o'clock. They'll get married at one o'clock. They'll have their dinner, they'll start their evening meal, the wedding breakfast, around about 5 o'clock. That takes to about 7. Room turnaround. Band starts at 8 o'clock for the first dance. Dance till 10 o'clock. Evening buffet, 10 to half 10. And then they dance from half 10 to about 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. And that's a standard wedding time. So yeah. guests yeah, guess arrive at 12 and they don't tend to go home until 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh my god, that's crazy! Yeah, that's that's a standard wedding. <laughs> so, so it's busy. So, can I get? Yeah, so we've kind of um, gone off track here. We're talking about work. We did, yeah, little, let's which, back is, up. which is bad. Um, which is bad. So, right, um, so the the your 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 morning of is similar to mine. I, I yeah. do have a studio. I'm in it right now, and uh, it's a mile from my house. Mm. And this is the uh, we meet clients here. We have a big TV on the wall. Yeah. We have, there's a lounge and a bar. Mm-hmm. And we rent it out for private parties and the portrait studio is like part of the back. And yeah. in there is a, is a closet that is locked and all. But I found when I came here, which was seven years ago, I used to keep all the gear back there. Yeah. And even though my house is just a mile away, it cost me at least 15 minutes driving here, parking outside, coming in, getting the gear out, yeah. putting all the batteries in, doing all the stuff and then driving to the wedding. So yeah. like, this is silly. I'm home. Let me just set up a station home. So what I did is in my den, I set up, uh, I just got this cheap furniture that has like a, a, a top to it and then a couple of drawers and like bins in the bottom. Uh-huh. And there's another one that opens up so I can put like umbrellas in there. Uh-huh. So we work off backpacks. So the two backpacks can stay and live on the lower table. Yeah. And the higher table is where all my charging stations are. They're all Velcroed down. The wires are concealed. Uh, I have stuff like permanently glued and taped to the side to pop these other LED batteries in. Uh, I even have my camera my Nikon camera battery chargers, the dual ones, mm-hmm. Velcro to the wall right above it. So when you see it in one view without doing anything, you can see if all the batteries are in or out or charging or whatever the case is in one site. I don't have to go anywhere else. It's all right there. It's all yeah. wired up, ready to go. And then next to that is my bag of flashes. So I put in all the batteries in the flashes uh, and then I go to go. But let me back up. So, so anyway, yes, I don't have to come to the studio anymore. Yeah. It's all in-house and it makes this the, the so for Friday, right? I'm going to get up. I'm going to make some coffee. I'm going to yeah. go in the den. I'm going to take all the batteries, throw them in the flashes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure uh, the cards are formatted, like you said. 
I'm going to maybe check the sensor on the, on the camera. Uh, I'm going to get all, uh, I'm going to decide what lenses to bring because it's always different and I can't bring every lens I have. It's just too much. Yeah. So I might not bring a couple primes. I might not bring one zoom. I'll kind of, so I'm like, all right, well, I'm here today. I'm all, I'm there all one day. So I can let this lens live home just to make my backpack lighter and make the day easier. Um, and then I just put everything in the backpack. I get both camera bags ready to go. Uh-huh. And uh, last week we split up, Natalie and I. So I got her backpack ready to go. And I said, you're all set. Uh, here's your flashes. Here's your bag. Here's your stands. You're good to go. And she's like, okay. And she trusts me. And it was right on. Brilliant. And it works so smooth. And then after the bags are ready, they're, they're right by my garage. So all I have to do is load the car up. And either I might then iron some clothes, uh, make sure my lunch is set. I maybe make another coffee to go and I'm out and I got the directions ready to go. I'll punch it in my phone or I punch it in my car and I'm off and it's, it's that smooth. And I don't have to worry about anything as far as like, Oh, and in my bags are, uh, in the, like, you know, every camera bag has like slots for cards for cards. I keep, I keep spare cards now. I have so many cards. I don't even know how many, because I never want to have to think about, um, formatting a card yeah. from a job two weeks prior that's not finished yet just because I don't have a card. Yeah. So yeah. there's 64 gigs, 32 gigs, and some 16 gigs in my bags all the time. So, yeah. But we, we like to shoot with a 64 gig in the main slot yeah. of that camera mm-hmm. and then a, a backup shooting JPEG. Yeah. And I, I know there's different thoughts on that. Do you yeah. switch out cars throughout the day or do you do one card? Uh, my thought process is I'm more apt to lose a card yeah. Or to break those pins. I think the boys talked about that not that long ago. Yeah. You know, the breaking it that they broke a pin, putting in the card real fast. Mm-hmm. And now that whole slot's no good rather than just keeping the card in there and having it back up. Yeah. We, um, we're 64 gig cards. So yeah, same, same yourself. We've got the SD cards and the compact flashes and then the Nikon D8 to M, D810. Um, I shoot raw in both. I back up a raw in both. Um, I'm, I'm so paranoid about it. Um, just heard a horrible story about a photographer who whose memory card went corrupt recently and lost all the photographs, all all the photographs, all the whole day, all the no, one no memory card. Dual cards, uh, camera, yeah. I take it. No, no backup, nothing like that. Um, uh, gone. So you know, and he's quite a well-established photographer, and one job like that can ruin your career. You know, you have one one yeah. bad exposure that that's your career gone. So I'm really really paranoid about it. So we've got 64 gig cards, 128 gig cards. Um, and we tend to swap out halfway through the day and then Louise, my second photographer, she'll take one copy, she'll take the compact flash and I'll take her her spare SD and then that way if worst case scenario, my car was broken into, car crash, anything like that, Louise still has a backup. She has a backup, you know, so we, we can go back there and then we swap over with each wedding. So just really, really paranoid about losing photographs. So yeah, we, we that's a good, that's out. a good, uh, I don't do that. That's good to, yeah. to be like, okay, you take my backup. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the main and then you just swap. Uh, if it's both of us, it's Natalie and I at the same day, then we're both traveling with us anyway. Yeah. But the, the cards are either in our pocket or in her purse or something. They're not with the, the gear anymore. Although yeah. I do leave the backup in there. I just put like a eight or 16 gig, that's shooting JPEG medium yeah. in the, in the backup. And then that sucker will live in that, in that camera all month. Yeah. And then I'll just, I'll just reformat it after I look back and go, okay. So, so at least wherever I travel, at least wherever that camera travels, mm-hmm. um, I got the JPEGs on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let, yeah, let's, let's, while we're doing the, while we're talking about that, let's talk about then post wedding, wedding's over. Goodbye. You're wrapping up your stuff. Yeah. You said that you, you, you and your assistant swap, 
the spare card. Yep. So you have hers, she has yours, and then you have both hers and yours. Yep. Yep. Which are both shooting raw. So that's that's actually good because then if you're going to edit her work, yep. you've got the raw files. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, straight after the wedding, I am home. So I might get home around about 11, 12 o'clock at night, depending on where the venue is. Um, I think the most we'll ever travel is probably about two hours to the venue, two and a half hours. So get home, say 12. The first thing I do is I offload the memory cards onto my hard drives. So I come home, I load up with coffee and I sit there and I back, I download all the photographs onto the hard drive. Then as soon as I've done that, I set my, I use um, software called Carbon Cloner, um, which then copies that hard drive onto a second hard drive. So I've now got duplicates on two different hard drives and still on the memory cards. So I will not format those memory cards until I know that they're all 100% backed up and all the software is loaded into into Lightroom and, and um, started using Photo Mechanic as well for picking photographs. So I'm just, again, really paranoid. I've got a bank of hard drives which are all duplicated. So that's my job. And that usually takes me to about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, depending, yeah, depending how, how I'm going. And then I'll also, while I'm loading them up, I'll pick samples. So I'll highlight for photographs, pick samples that we'll send to the couple the next day. So they get about 10 to 15 photographs the next morning um, ready to give. Because, again, with iPhones and camera phones, they're all uploading them the next day. I want my pictures to be the ones that the couple share first. So I will yeah. sacrifice a few hours sleep to make sure that they get they get samples. And it tends to be about 10 to 15 samples. Um, and then I go to bed and I sleep. And I'm usually up the next morning after about four or five hours sleep. What if you have a wedding the next day? Don't I try not to do double double weddings? Okay. Um, I do have a, I do have a couple, um, and if I do, I will say to the couple, "Look, you know, if it's a double wedding, it'll be like a Friday Saturday, and I'll say to the couple, you 'You'll get your pictures on on Sunday.'" Um, so when that happens, I will I'll load everything up, and my fiance will actually pick the samples for me while I'm at the wedding. The next wedding, she'll pick the samples, so we still get them within a couple, within a day, mm. if we can. I've had I've had four. I've had a Thursday, Friday. <sighs> I can't think of anything worse. That would just destroy me. Oh, I think I've lost you. I've lost reception here. Are you still there? Yes. Hi, we're back. Sorry for the glitch, everybody. We had a, a technical difficulty on my end here in New York. All of a sudden, I lost power in my studio, and it's still out. So my and got cut off, and James and I are now picking this back up again on Skype through our phones, and I'm still recording, and we're all good. So we're back, and James, okay, I see you again now. Yeah. And I don't know where we left off. I totally forget. It was about the, we talked about prep, we talked about camera stuff, we talked oh, about after. the groups. We're talking about afterflow, um, yeah, afterflow. Oh, no, right, yeah. post, right. Yeah. That's right. Leaving the wedding, your assistant was taking the cards, you take a card. I think it's a great idea. I'm yeah. going to try to implement that. Um, a couple of my assistants shoot with the the seven. Oh yeah, no, the seven fifty has two card slots. Yeah, it's got right. two SD slots. Yeah. slots. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll give them a. Well, I take their card anyway. Yeah. I just at the end of the day, I take the the raw card because I'm going to edit their stuff. So yeah, so you've got um, it. But not a bad idea to give them another card, my backup card mm-hmm. as well. But um, all right. So after you talked about how your day, we are quite. The opposite. <laughs> Very much so. End of the wedding day. Now, I know I'm crazy, mm. you know, but I'm, I'm so safe about everything. Yeah. 
if it's a if it's a night that's ending relatively soon, like nine or ten, there's a local bar we go to, restaurant bar, and it's it's like our second home. We were there a lot, yeah, and we know everybody there. It's like our Cheers, you know, and uh, it's it's walking distance from my house, and I've been there for many years, and we love it there. And if we're still hungry, we'll maybe get something to eat if it's ending, like, really early. If not, we'll just grab a drink and then come home. And at that point, um, I'll park the car right outside or around back so I can see it. And not that we're in a very safe town. And the cards, again, are in my pocket on me, the, for the exposed cards. And then when I get home, if I feel up to it, if I'm awake enough, I'll start the download process. I have a 15-inch MacBook Pro that's very fast, uh, and that's where we edit weddings on. That's our middle ground computer nothing really stays on there it's just means of editing and then i move the, the project i still work at aperture i know i'm sorry i'm weaning into lightroom but i'll take the the wedding then to another computer once we're all done and on other drives but that but even that process of just putting in the cards letting everything just build the thumbnails saying okay this folder's my stuff this folder's natalie's stuff and then just letting it go it's maybe 20 minutes it's not that long but it's sometimes just like, all right, I don't want to deal with this right now. Let me let me do it in the morning. But I do like to do it at night because I, I like the computer building overnight. And then by the next day, it's all processed. It's all ready to go. And I can start editing. But if, I, if that doesn't happen, in that den where my gear is, is a little desk off to the right. And there's a, uh, a I have a power another power supply for the laptop there. One of those little pads that you put the computer on that has a built-in fan yeah. plug in to keep it help cool and then the card readers and uh, i use the lexar the good ones that you got to plug in power to they suggest that and uh i'll plug on the computer then i'll do that and right next to there is a safe and the key lives in the safe the safe is not for someone coming in and stealing anything yeah i'd rather have a thief look at that open it and then be like oh there's just okay there's nothing in here rather than ripping the safe out and thinking there's money in there yeah. because the safe is for fire purposes yeah and whether i download the cars that night or not those cars live in that safe in a little ziploc baggie mm -hmm. with all the, the the vendors cards and info in the ziploc bag yeah. names are on there and it stays in there until it either gets downloaded or the wedding's up on shoot proof mm -hmm. and me my thought process is this those cards are already exposed. The day is over. Yeah. The information's on that card or it's not. And me panicking, I'm, I'm not going to panic about seeing what I shot. I'll wait till it's the next day or when yeah. the computer can handle it. No, that's good. So, and, and, and if, in fact, if the computer has like five or six weddings still on there, I'll wait. I don't want to overflow the computer. I'll put those cards in the safe yeah. and keep them there. And then I'll also put the... Uh, I'll take the backup cards and put them in the safe here at the studio, a different location. Yeah. But people are like, oh my God, how can you do that? Can't you don't you want to see everything? I'm like, yeah, I want to see everything, but mm. I also want to be safe about it. I don't want to overload myself. Of course. And and because we do we'll do two weddings a weekend, even three sometimes, and get a little crazy in the season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. It, so it's, I, it's, I don't, I'm not staying up till three o'clock in the morning, Edwin. <laughs> as much as I'd like to show I, I the function. couple the next day, yeah. I, I just. I'd rather take my time with it. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, right. I'm like Neil. I function better and I work better at nights. So I can be the night owl. So I've seen me work until three, four o'clock in the morning and then, and then coming to bed. It drives my fiance slightly crazy. Um, I am trying to change my, my, my hours and, and when I want to go to bed earlier and get up at five in the morning and do work at five in the morning before my son wakes up 
spend some time with him, do some bits around the house, and then go back to the the, the paperwork side of things. So um, I've been trying that for on and off for about two months. It's not going so well. Um, I like, <laughs> I just, you know, I get on the computer the next, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm still working. But I am um, going back into post-processing. I, I, I cheat a little bit. I cheat. And, and I know a lot, okay. of, a lot of photographers frown at this, but... It's, I, it's about scotch, isn't it? You cheat no, with scotch next oh, to you, no, right? Oh, you never cheat on scotch, no. Okay. I, uh, I outsource my editing. Oh, you do? I outsource my you, The culling? I, I, no, no, I do the culling. I do the culling. Um, my fiance, she does a round of the culling. She goes through it, and then I go through it again to see, you know, anything that missed or duplicates and things like that. So there's two rounds of culling, and then I use um, I use photographer's edit for my editing. And these guys, I've been using them for three years now, and it's the only way I can have a life. So last year I did 36 weddings and had a full-time job, I would have been. I would have been two months. Two months to get the photographs to couples, and it just wouldn't be fair on them. So um, yeah, all my weddings last year were all outsourced. Um, from sending them away to getting samples to get them back was two, four days. So color corrected to my style, rotated, cropped in, everything was just perfect. And then from there, I then go in and. Um, touch up a little bit you know maybe focus a little bit more on some pictures a little bit more editing um i am playing i'm playing it safe at the moment but i'm behind the scenes i'm playing around with a lot of pictures doing a little bit more editing trying to enhance my my editing um skills but i just love outsourcing and and you know i i believe in 90 10 you, you outsource 19 you do 10 percent yourself so everything if i can outsource it's interesting. It, it's I interesting. Can do it. and it just you know what my life is too important um Sorry, you might actually get some rumble. I don't know if you can hear that. There's some rumblings going past our house. We've got some fighter jets flying around us at the moment. No, I, I can hear it. Um, yeah, we've got a big RAF base just not far from us. So you get these fighter jets flying around. But I just, I just, I'm all about quality of life. You know, quality of life for my family. You know, I get to do my landscapes. And if I didn't do that, my life would be consumed at this computer, which I hate. So um, it took a lot to let yeah, go. I, yeah, I agree with you there. I thought of the idea of doing the calling, but sometimes... You know, I shoot a lot into the sun and play with lens flare and stuff like that. And if someone looks at an image that's really bright, I have some presets that, that I already made or I know what yeah. to look at. And I go, no, I, I, that's my intention maybe, or I might like it Yeah. because the next one, and I don't want them just getting rid of it. You tell, no, no. So, I, mean, I guess if you call. Yeah, yeah, you call, you call and you keep that. But your presets, you send photographers edit your presets. So, you know, if you're using Lightroom and you use a Lightroom preset, you send a Lightroom preset uh, and not Aperture. And uh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and, I'm getting there. Yeah, and you would um, you send in the presets so they know, and you can say in your notes that this particular picture is or to have this particular style. I've only ever had to return one wedding where I wasn't happy with the editing. You know, so they see. I look yeah. at it like to me, the calling is the 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 boring, oh, yeah. not so exciting part. And that's the part where I'm like, okay, when I get to groups, mm. and I'm like, oh, and I, and I see that I'm doing the, you know, yeah. 14 frames a second mm. for not long, though. I look at it, but if I look at one picture, and I see everyone's face looking good, and they're not laughing or doing anything different, then I might just go highlight, highlight to the end, and delete all the ones that are going, that I haven't even seen yet. Yeah. Because I don't care. I got the winner there. So, yeah. groups are like, ugh, they're not that fun, of course. Yeah. But the calling is the, is the, to me, that's more work. Than the editing. The editing yeah. is the fun part. The creating of something different or looking at something going, I got to do something different for my own sake. I'm tired with my presets. Let me just start from scratch. Yeah. And let me just, and I like that. I enjoy that. 
Let me ask you this: Are you you're on a um, uh, uh you're on a desktop computer like a yeah, iMac kind I've of thing? Yeah, I've got an iMac yeah. here. Got an iMac here, which um, I'm hoping to upgrade in the next couple of weeks. A nice 27 inch iMac, and then yeah, um, I, it might be it's, it might be your workflow, but I find that working on a laptop yeah, where right. I can be at home on on a dining room table yeah. or outside on a bench or a coffee shop or here at the studio is nice because I can yeah. I can be in my studio. I, I can be at my bar. And with the laptop, and I can go over to my desk with the with the big. I got these two big thirty inch monitors mm. for portraits and stuff, and it's it's multitasking, but it's it's not at the same desk, and I don't mm. feel trapped where I have to always. I have to be sitting here at this desk to edit this wedding. I can be anywhere. Yeah, well, we, we have the we have the MacBook Pro as well. Um, so we we got the MacBook Pro which we use, but I like I find that I, I'm a big coffee fiend, and I actually find myself taking the lap the the iMac uh, the the sorry, the MacBook Pro, I'm going to a really nice coffee shop, putting my headphones on, putting some music on, and just sitting in that coffee shop, just going through the pictures. Now, I do get distracted a little bit sometimes doing it, but there's just something nice about being away from the home and just getting that work done and you get to enjoy it co- is. coffee yeah. and cake. Or, or, and that's so much your home, but whatever your work area mm-hmm. is, it might be in your home, yeah. it might be in a location, but whatever it is, to break that that monotony is nice yeah. to go somewhere else right. and then do uh, what you, you need to do. Yeah. And you need to do quick, and uh, somewhere else, it's just a change of pace is nice. Yeah, I find myself more productive building a, an office and having the desktop. I find myself a lot more productive doing that because I have to sit down, I have my coffee, and I do the work. Where if I have the laptop, I'll be somewhere else, I'll get distracted, someone will talk to me, I'll go away and do this. You know, so I I, I, I have moments for both, Which, um, but I usually favor the, the iMac for, for doing most stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, the studio... My studio computers is the hub and the home of like where business stuff takes place, where I yeah. edit, where I might design a, an ad and mm. email and all that kind of. I mean, I can do it from home, but it's you know if I'm not here in one weekday, uh, by the next day I'm like I gotta get in the studio. There's the stuff I gotta do. Right? I got packages coming in. I got mail. I got yeah. tenants here too. There's apartments here and all that. But it's just I like the idea of going somewhere else. Yeah, um, yeah. physically. I, know, miss my, than, yeah. uh, I miss my studio. I miss my studio. I, I had a studio. Um, people, you know, talking about wedding meets, you know, meeting couples, they always wanted to come and meet me at my studio. And I didn't have one. And I finally got one, kicked it all out. And everyone's like, oh, come round to our house. Come meet us at our house. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So uh, <laughs> I miss my studio, but I also, I really do love working from home as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's, it's good to be here. And I get to spend time with my family as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're running a little late, and that's fine. We didn't get to albums, but I figured maybe another time with the boys yeah. we can talk chat album by, design because uh, that's that's a whole other topic, really. It is. As far it as, is, yeah. As far as, uh, like, uh, there's this really weird term that floated around here years ago called pre-design. And, I, and to me, that was the dumbest word because I, what, pre-design, that's like, kind of like boarding a plane. Okay, so... Who wants to pre-board? I'm like, well, I'm pre-boarding right now, just standing here. I'm not boarding the plane. I'm pre-boarding. So yeah. that is just a wrong term. So to me, the whole pre-design thing is like maybe a preview design. Yeah. That's a different term. But I never liked that. And I tried that and I didn't like it. So we can kind of talk about the pros and cons of that. Maybe just how we work, who picks images, 
pricing structure, all that. We can that could be a whole other top topic with the Definitely. once the boys or unless we take over. Yeah, that's topic. that's if they let us do it again. That's a, that's the thing. If they let us do it again, I think this is a, we've definitely gone away from their, their their kind of usual style. But it's nice to have that. It's good to have the random chat. But then yes, also and now we can talk scotch. Oh, scotch! Yeah, yes. Yeah, so. I, uh, I I I love single malt scotch yeah. and. Uh, my fiance loves it now too and, and has for years. I got her kind of into it. And we are really big scotch connoisseurs. If we mm. go out somewhere and we see someone drinking scotch, we'll start talking and we won't just start talking, oh, I like that, I like that. We're like, I like this region for for these distilleries and I like this yeah. region for this. And I really, really like two regions, Speyside and, and Highland. Okay. And there's a few we like, a few we don't like, but it's it's about what's good. And um, someone gave me a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label a while ago as a gift. <laughs> and... Uh, I haven't had it in a while, and this was, I had a glass, I put some rocks in it, mm. and then a couple sips in, I said to Nat, I'm like, do you want some of this? She's like, no. I'm like, I can't drink this. And I poured it down the drain, about a half a glass, and it's just, it's so expensive, I felt so guilty, and I went to a 10-year Glenmorangie, yeah. which is like my favorite distillery. I love Glenmorangie. I love their series. I love what they have. I love the herby flavor of it all. And I know it's like a sin. How could you possibly throw away or pour down the drain a little bit of scotch of Johnny Walker? But I'm mm. like, it's just my it's just my flavor preference. Yeah, of course. I just don't I don't like it. So I, I had it here at the studio and I ended up giving it away to it's clients who were like, Ooh, we got blue lemon. Like, would you like some? I'm like, yes, I would love some. <laughs> and that just you know, that works out well. Or right, but, Johnny um, Walker. I love the I love the community of it, you know? It's like yeah. you can see someone out and they're drinking a single mall and they go, Oh no, I haven't tried that and then you try it and you start talking and you start talking about notes and flavors and all this kind of stuff and I envy that you're in the hub in the heart of it all and yeah well, I'm Speyside I, I, I live I live in Speyside so oh you do yeah uh, yeah yeah I'm Speyside so my 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 home whiskey is Glengarry which is O'Maldrum so that's more north northeast it's classed as a Highland but it's not really a Highland whiskey uh, so Glengarry is my, my local distillery um, right now within maybe a 10 kilometer radius of me you've maybe got around 40 or 50 distilleries so you have all your single malts that go into the Johnny Walkers we've got Glen El- um, we've got Glen Grant we've got Glen Elgin you know I'm maybe a 50 minute drive away from Belveni from Glen Fiddich you've got Glen Livet which is maybe about an hour's drive away from mm-hmm. me um yeah, so there's there's some amazing distilleries all popping around here in the summer months. You can smell it as well. You smell them kind of. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. The, the whole fermentation and everything is just it's just there, you know. And quite a lot of my friends all work within the whiskey industry. So um, a good friend of mine is the the global brand ambassador for for Glenfiddich for Diageo Glenfiddich. Another mate of mine, he's a global ambassador for Johnny Walker. So he's a top guy for Johnny Walker in terms of of sales and um, getting it out there. So yeah, so I'm quite quite into my whiskey. Um, we have this place near us called uh, Drumure House or Drumure Castle, and it it's owned by the Grant family, which is a well-to-do family within this area, and it was rented to Diageo on a ten-year lease. Okay, now you heard of Glen Eagles? No, no, Glen Eagles is a very very famous golf course, um, just uh, in between Glasgow and Perth, where. Diageo take their, their their clients to entertain, to party, to play golf. That's where you went to Glen Eagles. But if it's top business, you'd come up to Drummuir House uh, or Drummuir Castle, sorry. And they opened it up to the public towards the end of their lease uh, for a year or two. 
if you are just dual blog coming, it was around about £800 per person per night, minimum 14 people. And you'd walk in and there were six bookshelves filled with every single whiskey that went in, all the single malts that went in to make Johnny Walker. So the ones that they don't sell um, individually, you had all the John, every Johnny Walker ever made. You had Port Elgin, which they um, they don't make anymore. Um, Koala, they had your Space Side whiskeys, your Glenfin- uh, just, just everything. They had everything there. And there's a bartender would obviously pour the whiskey, but you don't pay for it. It's all free. But a bar, yeah. a bar, a bartender ma- manages what you get. If you know someone really high up in Diageo, there's no bartender, and you go up and you help yourself to as much oh as you God. want. That, uh, we're, that's my that's like heaven to me. We're talking, you know, two, three, five thousand dollar bottles of whiskey, and you just help yourself. So I was drinking Quaila, twenty seven year old cash strength rare at $800 a bottle. Um, My my uncle was drinking a Port Elgin and I think it was a 22-year-old and it was retailed at $2,000 a bottle and he he almost finished the whole thing off. Um, He got to take about... uh, He drank about three quarters of it and got the rest to take home with him. Um, So we were very lucky we got to do that but the hangover lasted about a week. Um, (laughs) It was great though. It was absolutely fantastic. But no, whiskey, whiskey is... um, I love whiskey. Whiskey and gin. Gin's becoming really popular here in Scotland. We've got... um, amazing new gins that have opened up so um that's that's becoming really big and uh, the distillers are catching on that it's taking minimum eight years 18 years for a good bottle of, a relatively good bottle of whiskey to come out so what they've done is in the meantime they started making gin so hmm. that's what you're getting um Caroon, oh you've got hendrix um you've got another one called porter's gin that's just opened up there's um all these different gins are coming out so gin's becoming very very popular made in scotland so. we uh here you know the, the hipster community is is running rampant and uh they're all wearing flannel and they got beers and they got quirky glasses and maybe a hat and skinny pants yeah and the, the thing is like scotch is really taking off and everyone's getting into it or yeah. at least they they think they're getting into it because it's yeah. a cool thing so well our 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 analogy is this is you know prices are going up and up for you know, McAllen. I'm not much of a McAllen fan, but that went up really high. Glenlivet went up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Glenmorangie in my area just went up a little more. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they popped out with this Glenfiddich 14 year with this yeah. really cool blue label. Yeah. And I'm guessing that they just said, "Hey, we need some scotch, so let's just pull that, make yeah. a cool label, and do it." And I love it. I lo- I think it's a, a great one. Yeah. I recently saw an India Pale Ale cask by Glenfiddich, okay. and I don't recommend it. It was it was it was alright. It didn't yeah. taste the. Uh, anything different but uh, so you know it, that kind of stinks that our end everything's the prices are going up because the demand is more yeah and they're just running out you know they can't keep up what is it if they were to produce three times the amount of whiskey they do in a year they still couldn't keep up if the japanese had their way they would they would buy up every single bottle of whiskey you could think of that's the way things are most of the distilleries here in scotland are actually owned by either the Japanese the, or the South Africans. Majority own, or the French, uh, Pern Ricardo own quite a few of our distilleries, so they, they snap a lot of it up. Um, but yeah, you're, they can't keep up with demand. You know, it's it's crazy. You see warehouses being constantly built, but they just can't produce enough. Um, especially your big players. If you look at, if you ever look at McAllen's distillery, it's a factory. It's not a distillery, it's a factory. And the warehouses are huge, you know. Um, I'm not a big 
partial. I say to anyone, if you if you like Macallan, or if you want to drink Macallan, find a bottle of whiskey called Mortlich, um, and it is better than Macallan. It's, it's absolutely lovely. So that's that's a that's a good one. I will go for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Belveni, if you um, if you like your rum, Belveni do a Caribbean cask. Um, yeah, oh, I drink yeah. that all the time. That's so great. it's it's going to be stopped. You'll probably find in about ten years' time, you will not be able to get any more of it. They've just filled the last casks, and I think oh, really? it's thirteen years, um, thirteen years in a whiskey cask. Well, in a, in a, I think it's a sherry cask, and then a year in a rum cask. So um, yeah, come come another ten years, that will be no longer going, and it's a beautiful whiskey. So, but I'm I'm quite partial to your Islas. I like your 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 Isla whiskies, your peated whiskies. Um, yeah, I'm so so. I'll, I'll do them a, a little bit on a cold night, maybe uh, Akintoshin or Kalila, like you said, is the yeah. is the uh, as about the level I'll go. Yeah. Oh no, I like it. The stronger. I can't do Ardbeg or anything. Oh, Ardbeg Ugadal is my favorite, and it's just you open is the it? bottle. Oh, you open the bottle and you just smell the whole room smells of whiskey. There's yeah. one called Octomore, which is a relatively new um, whiskey, I think. They've just released a, a, a 12-year-old, uh, but it's 12-year-old and 8-year-olds, but it retails around about $150 a bottle for uh, quite expensive. There's one called Kilcomen as well, which um, is about $90 for an 8-year-old whiskey, and it is beautiful. It's it's lovely. I like that. I like that taste of peat. So um, enjoying it while we can still do it, because you'll probably find in the next 20, 30 years you won't be getting peated whiskies unless it's um, chemically produced. Because they're huh. they're clamping down on the on cutting the peat the peat bogs in Scotland. So um, because they're they're drying up, and they hmm. say they say there's not uh, peat to do another hundred years, but they're they're clamping down on it quite hard. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, so pretty good. But you know, I hope these guys keep this in the podcast. <laughs> I doubt they will. I doubt they will. <laughs> I I don't know if they will or not. But um, we do. We could just do a separate podcast of just the ramblings of two the, photographers. The banana talk and the scotch talk. <laughs> <laughs> all right Jim. well i think we have been chatting for quite a while now so it's maybe maybe enough hopefully uh this has been a success and the listeners will like it um, i hope so if they don't like it i'm sure they'll let us know about it and uh we'll, you'll never hear our voice again but you never know it could be something that we could introduce in between and it gives the guys a break uh from doing the podcast all the time but you know what before we head off jim where can we find you uh, you can find me at that bar I mentioned called uh, Painters down the street. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you can find me. Uh, the website is jamesferrara.com. Ferrara is F-E-R-R-A-R-A. Uh, on Instagram, it's jferrarafoto. On Facebook, it's jferrarafoto. And uh, I never did touch base on you, James, on how the new website was coming. But... um. Oh, no, your website was all done, right? Yeah, it's all done. It's all up and running. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, it's, it was yeah. Neil that, that's still in the process. That's right. Yeah. But um, the website is the main hub. It has all the links for blog and Facebook and all that. So that's where you can find me. How about you, James? You will find me at jameskellyphotography.com. Kelly is spelled K-E-L-L-Y. You will, again, see all my work. All my real-life wedding journals are on there. Facebook, type in James Kelly Photography. And on Instagram, you will get me James Kelly underscore photo, and you'll get everything all from there. So, uh, yeah, well, thank you very much, Jim. This has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, I've it enjoyed was fun, this. Definitely. It was good. It was good. And uh, hopefully, the guys have enjoyed their break, and you will hear from them again in two weeks' time. So, yeah, yeah. right. Have a good evening. Thank you very much. Thanks, See you later. Man. We'll talk soon, man. Thank you. Bye.